Hi there. Welcome to Baseball by Design. I am broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to talk about the El Paso Chihuahuas, who are just one of the most fun brands out there. An absolute poster child for the era of wacky minor league baseball logos that we're in right now. I'm so pleased to be joined by Angela Olivas, who is the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications for the team and has been with the team since the inception. Angela, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to jump right in. And since you have been with the team since the inception, and I know that there was a big reaction when this nickname dropped, what was the reaction like working for the team when the name El Paso Chihuahuas was announced? You know, we were we were actually very excited. Um, I was one of the first people who actually was able to see the logo prior to the reveal um, and one of the first in the office. Obviously, I was setting up the website and trying to do um, the collateral pieces so that as soon as the name was announced, we were full throttle chihuahuas, El Paso chihuahuas. Um, we were excited. We actually had a baseball team um, at the at the reveal who ended up doing a, a, a hand sign of fear the ears. And <laughs> when we saw that picture the next day, we knew that it was going to be amazing. And to see the lines outside the team shop the next morning was was really, really thrilling because we knew that we had done something right. Awesome. Yeah, it's I mean, it's honestly, it's it's so much fun. And it's I'm, I'm sure everyone who is listening now knows what this logo looks like, but it is a brandiose creation. I will be speaking with Jason Klein after you and I speak uh, in this episode. But it's a this cartoon. Ch Chico the Chihuahua is the name of the, the mascot. And, and so Chico, it, you know, it's a little cartoony and it's a little fun, but Chico's a little bit damaged, right? I mean, he's got this sort of torn ear and he's got the studded collar and and this sort of this grimace and the sort of red eyes so <laughs> so he's he's cute but he's you know you don't want to mess with him do you want to talk about chico a little bit absolutely so in spanish chico actually means small and tiny but if you see chico he's actually about six foot eight so there's a little bit of an oxymoron there to represent what a chihuahua is and it's it's this little dog but with a big bite um chico is actually mischievous he gets into a lot of trouble um, but he loves, loves, loves people. He loves children. And that, that's what he goes after. And he tries to defend uh, the city of El Paso, as well as its, its kids, its citizens. And that's what we want people to remember. He may be beat up and scarred, but it's because he has a big bite and has a fight in him for the city. So can you talk about where the nickname Chihuahua comes from? Like, why is that appropriate to El Paso? <clears throat> Absolutely. So at, um, El Paso is actually located in the Chihuahuan Desert. And the Chihuahuan Desert actually spreads from the United States uh, Southwest region through the state of uh, the country of Mexico. And it was really important that we have a, a logo and a nickname that symbolize what this community is. And when you're looking at El Paso on a map, we're pretty far from the largest city in Texas, which is Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. We're eight to 10 hours away from there. And the closest next big city would be Albuquerque, three and a half hours away, and Phoenix, six hours away. What people don't understand is we are actually a pretty large city. Um, combined in the entire border plex region, which includes Las Cruces, New Mexico, El Paso, and Ciudad Juarez, we have over 2 million people in the border plex community in the southwest region. But the perception is that we're a very small city. So we have a big, fierce bite to us. We're extremely loyal when it comes to defending our city, defending our region. And that's what a Chihuahua does. It's tiny, it's small, but it's one of the fiercest animals around. And that's why we chose the Chihuahuas. Um, it, we, put a, we put a name, the team contest. There were some really good names that also si signified the Southwest region. This happened to win out. Um, and, and we couldn't, couldn't be happier of the success that we've had uh, after choosing the name. I, I know that there was a, a a period between when they announced the nickname and when they unveiled the logos. Uh, was there a difference in the reaction between hearing the nickname and then actually seeing the logos? We actually announced on the same day and unveiled in, in um, one day at the same time. Um, 
we kept it pretty secret up until October 22nd, 2013. Um, and we did a huge event at the Plaza Theater here in downtown El Paso. Um, and, and it was all revealed at the exact same time. Uh, within a couple of weeks, we were all, we were, had merchandise sold in all 50 states. Um, and we were shipping across seas and, and that's huge. Um, one of the other things about the Chihuahuas is its marketability and, and how we can utilize that not only as in our merchandise, in a teddy bear, in, you know, a stuffed animal, a plush, a, and then not only that, but our new era caps, our, our clothing, our clothing line, but also in the ballpark. Um, if you look around the ballpark, we have the big doghouse. Uh, we have our bark brigade. We have our barking lots. Um, we <laughs> nachos in a dog bowl. Uh, it's those things that encompass the entire brand of the Chihuahuas. And it's not just a logo. It's not just a name, but it's, it, it has become a brand and a brand that people are proud to wear. Do you still have the woof top? We still have the woof top deck. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. The woof top deck. So That's right. I, I have to, I have to tell you what triggered my memory there. Why I said that the name was announced before the logos. When I wrote the article about this team in 2014 uh, for sportslogos.net, I spoke with Tim Haggerty, uh, who is your play-by-play announcer. And it was, he told me that he had seen the name before he saw the logos. And so it was, it was Tim who had this sort of mixed reaction between seeing the name and seeing the logos. So Correct. Uh, well, the office staff knew the name and then um, it wasn't until a couple of days prior, unless you were really into it, like myself who had been designing the website and, and then our business cards and our signatures and collateral pieces that we were ready to launch the next day. You knew the name, you didn't see the logo. Um, an initial reaction was probably not what everyone expected and hoped until you saw the logo. And the great thing about what Casey and Jason did at Brandios is they created logos that could fit everybody. So if you didn't want to wear a dog head on your chest on a polo, we also had the crossbones logo or the EP logo with our, uh, with our mountain star and our mountain star is, it's a beacon of hope on the, uh, on the, Franklin Mountains here at the southernmost tip of the Rockies. Um, and it was it was all inclusive and all encompassing. And that's what we wanted to do is create a brand that everyone could wear, whether you wanted to wear a dog or you wanted to wear the EP with the Mountain Star. Well, and the brand, one of the things it does is is this goal of of minor league teams now to be hyper local and to to reference, you know, local features that you know are meaningful to folks in the community. And also to have an appeal nationally, right? For people who, people who just like chihuahuas. I have a coworker who just likes chihuahuas, right? And so she's got some of this gear. Uh, I, you and I are both wearing the same logo right now. We're wearing the, the Chico, the dog head. I've got mine on my sweat stained hat and you've got yours on your very professional looking uh, shirt there. So it's just, I mean, to me, I, you know, I think it, it does walk that line of, of having that hyper-local appeal, which a brand has to have to have any meaning whatsoever but then also appealing to a larger market just because it's fun and, and, and touches on this subject matter that, that means something to people outside the community as well. Chihuahuas. You, I think people have a strong reaction to Chihuahuas one way or the other. A hundred percent. I mean, you, you think of a Chihuahua as what do they call, they call them ankle biters. <laughs> there's, there's my dog. <laughs> in the background. Um, but you know, and, and it's not, it's not that people think that they're, you know, they're, that they're yappy dogs. And you know what? They are yappy dogs. They have a big voice. They have a big bite. And that's, that's what we are. And they're, but they're also fun and they're loving and loyal. Um, and people around the world have chihuahuas as dogs because, because of their demeanor and their personality and their spunk. Um, and that's what makes it a worldwide brand, not just a local brand or a national brand, but a worldwide brand. And we're constantly shipping worldwide because People can relate to the logo. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this your dog playing with a toy in the background? I love this so much. Yes. This is absolutely staying in the podcast. No way is this getting cut. <laughs> but, but yes, it is a worldwide brand. <laughs> and, and, and it appeals to, to everyone from adults to children. The, the beauties of working from home, right? Like exactly. I, I've got, well, and so this is funny. I've got this, this 15 year old cat wandering around here who was, 
the cat was meant to just be like a three month stay because of COVID. And then, you know, she and I bonded and, and I was just like, now the cat stays, but she likes to come down and, and make her presence known while I'm recording the podcast too. So Yodel has been edited out a few times, but I, you know, I actually bring up Yodel the cat because you mentioned the Chihuahua's dog bowls that you, you have. I have never been to a Chihuahua's game. It's high on my list. The stadium looks beautiful. Uh, but I have a very good friend who went there, Howard April, who's going to be a guest on on the podcast at some point here. Um, but he went to a game and he came away with with all this loot, basically. And one of the things he had was a Chihuahua dog bowl. And he sent it to me because he knows that I like plastic things with minor league baseball logos on them. I talk frequently about my Helmet Sunday collection, which you can't see behind me, but it's uh, you know it's about 350 Helmet Sundays on a shelf behind me out in my basement, including, I think, a couple from the Chihuahuas. But this little 10-pound cat drinks all of her water from this enormous Chihuahuas bowl that's as, like, as big as she is. <laughs> so, so I get to experience the El Paso Chihuahuas on a plastic logo every single day when I refill Yodel's water bowl. So That is um, awesome. It makes me laugh, actually, yeah. <laughs> so uh so the you know the the chihuahuas logo and brand is is obviously i mean so much fun on you know on all of these things and i have the cap even though i haven't been to a game yet the new stadium was part i referenced the new stadium the the new stadium was part of the move to el paso they were the tucson padres Padres, correct and then before that they were the portland beavers yes correct yeah one of like 50 teams that has been one of the Portland Beavers out there. There's been so many Portland (laughs) Beavers. Um, So they moved from Tucson and that was always meant to be just a temporary situation. I actually have a Tucson Padres cap that was really hard to find because they didn't do a lot because, you know, they knew it was temporary. Correct. I love, I love saguaro cacti. So, you know, I had to, had to find that even though I object on principle to teams being named for their parent clubs. So obviously the move from Tucson to El Paso, the name change, but the new stadium was part of all of this. I know that you've been in El Paso. Are you El Paso native? I am. I'm born and raised and will probably die here. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but the uh, the new stadium was a huge deal for the city. It was. So part of, part of the deal with the, what was at one time the Pacific Coast League um, and minor league baseball to build a stadium in or near downtown El Paso. Um, we had already had a minor league stadium built in 1991 when the El Paso Diablos were the double-A affiliate of, I believe at the time it was the Milwaukee Brewers and then eventually became the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, before being sold. And I th- believe it was 2004, 2004, probably before that, I want to say. But um, since, but what, it was so outdated and, and so far away from where a uh, community could gather that we wanted to make sure it was in a place that could revitalize a location and bring people to a central location downtown. And so that was part of it. Um, it was, it, we actually modeled it out after uh, several other ballparks um, that were new and were built near or down near or or in downtown in their communities. Um, and since then, the growth in downtown El Paso is, is incredible. It's unrecognizable from when we opened in 2014 to now heading into 2022 um, with the number of hotels built, a new sky, uh, sky high rise building, um, and just the revitalization of what it did to downtown and the number of dollars it's brought into the community is just outstanding. And, and it's, it's a testament to what our ownership group has always said, which was uh, to improve the quality of life and, and bring economic growth to El Paso. Um, and that's exactly what the ballpark did and what the Chihuahuas have done. And now uh, with their El Paso Locomotive FC, part of the USL Championship League. So it's a, one of the most beautiful stadiums I've ever seen um, and probably the best in minor league baseball. Um, and it's very comparative to a major league baseball facility. And we've heard that from several former major league players, as well as major league players who have come in for rehabs. Well, my friend Howard was, was singing its praises for sure. He, <laughs> he really enjoyed it. I'll, I'll ask you when I come to a game, cause I will get there. I will get to a Chihuahuas game. What 
are the food experiences that I should have and, and maybe even break it down by inning, right? Like when, what, what should I have and when should I have it? You know, the, one of the great things about being in the Southwest and being on the border of Mexico, and when I say we're on the border from my office, looking out, I'm looking at in Ciudad Juarez. So it's literally the border. You can see the border wall, you can see the bridge coming over. Um, and, and that's the beauty of it. And because of that, we have culture in the ballpark um, from our street tacos to nachos in a dog bowl. Um, we, we know how to do it. Juarez dogs, which are bacon wrapped hot dogs. Um, and then, you know, the staples like frutas locas and, and which is, you have to see it to believe it. <laughs> and, um, it, it's just, it's the flavors that you're going to see. Um, we do have your typical cheeseburger and your chicken tenders, but there's the stuff that's very inspired by our Mexican culture. And, and that's, that's what you have to seek out. So you all, speaking of, of con concessions there, uh, you all have a Copa brand, uh, Copa de la Diversión, the Fun Cup. And so these are, uh, you know, brands that the minor league baseball does uh, in, you know, typically in the Spanish language, trying to expand the fan base of, of minor league baseball. The program's been fantastic. The logos are great. How did you all settle on the uh, the margaritas as a uh, as your Copa brand? <laughs> well, true story. <laughs> Back in the early 1900s, the margarita was actually invented right across the border, um, and so it be, has become a staple drink in the El Paso area and Juarez. Um, it was only fitting that we become the margaritas because. Everyone knows what it is. Everyone loves to drink it. It's got a bit of tequila in there and who doesn't love some tequila, you know, and, and it's a, it's a staple to the community. And we wanted to, to be, create a brand that was, that was like, like the Chihuahuas that was part of the community. And with the margarita being invented across the border, it was only fitting that we chose that as our name. Well, that's a, you know, when I get to that team store, you guys are going to have some of my money just because it's I mean, <laughs> that, that margaritas brand is so much fun. And I really, you know, that the tritone cap that you guys have is, is, I mean, that, that whole brand is pretty much spot on and really speaks to the more adult side of, of minor league baseball fun. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's all a testament to, you know, Jason and Casey at Brandios and Brad Taylor, our general manager, who's amazing at merchandising. Um, it's, it's cool to see what they come up with and being a part of that. And, and me being able to give my opinions at times, um, but really to see their vision come to fruition is, is amazing. And then to see how, pe how much people embrace the logos and the brands that we've created over the years, um, it's, really, it's really neat to see. And, it, and it's a testament to the hard work that we put in to making sure that our brand is on top and number one. Well, and it's always on that list of the 25, you know, top sellers in minor league baseball merchandise. I really want them to rank that, but I guess it's probably for the best that they don't. <laughs> I'd love to see one to 25 where all the teams fall, but I know that the El Paso. <laughs> so would we. <laughs> I know that El Paso's on the list. What's your dog's name? Miss Bennett. Miss Bennett. Well, hi, Miss Bennett over there. <laughs> <laughs> the other brand that I wanted to ask you about. So we talk about the fact that this franchise was previously the, the Padres and the Beavers, but El Paso has a brand that while everyone has very much embraced the Chihuahuas for sure, there is a beloved previous brand, uh, the Diablos, which I know right. that, that you all have <clears throat> Diablos merchandise available as well. That's a really fun brand and, and certainly excellent for you all to have access to as well you know our, our city we we love the past and we embrace the past and and it's it's something that we wanted to make sure that we did um and we wanted to bring it back you know the beauty of minor league baseball is it's for everybody um you know i i have memories of going to diablo's games with my dad uh, my dad happened to be the official scorekeeper for 30 years and he would tag us along and and it's, it was cool to see families engage in it. And it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't about getting, it, it was about getting the autographs, but it was more about the fun of what minor league baseball is, right? Um, and so when, in El Paso, when you think about the Diablos, do you remember those times at Dudley Field, which is now the zoo, or Cohen Stadium, which is now a water park? Um, and you remember those times and you embrace it. So why not bring it back to those fans who have memories as a child going to baseball games with their 
parents or you know grandparents and and that's why we brought that brand back is because we wanted to bring that history back into the ballpark when I give tours of the ballpark we have a we actually have one of the hospitality and premium areas in the big dog house is the Sun Kings Saloon. And the Sun Kings was the original name prior to the Diablos, prior to Jim Paul purchasing the Diablos was the Sun Kings. Um, and when I when you go in there, there's photos of the history of baseball in El Paso. And I like to tell people, you know, the beauty of Southwest University Park is it's not just a ballpark. It's an art museum with art galleries, and it's a history museum with the history of baseball. And when you can bring fans into a ballpark or a stadium and show them that, hey, there's more here than just watching baseball, um, I think that gives a, a feeling of, hey, I'm part of this. I'm part of this team. I'm part of this organization because they they hear me and they bring me back to my childhood and they bring back these memories. And that's what the Diablos brand does is it brings back these memories of going to the ballpark at two different stadiums. And now you're in this brand new stadium, but you're still, you're still taken back to a time and you're still embracing a brand that once was, but that we can bring back and enjoy it uh, in present day. I think you really just absolutely hit the nail on the head about just what minor league baseball means to communities. And I think that that was so well stated. So I really appreciate that. This Diablo's brand is also just a total blast, right? Like it's this chili pepper with these big muscly arms holding a baseball <laughs> bat. And, and that, that's one of several brands that they had over the years because there was all sorts of iterations of, of that team going back over the decades. So just totally, totally fun brand. And I'm glad that you guys have it available in, in your store. And that's another thing that I'll have to get when I get to a Chihuahua's <laughs> game. And, and hey, you're in my time zone, right? I mean, it's about a 10-hour drive from here to from Collins. But, but you're in the time zone, so it, it feels doable. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about one other thing that is not related to the brand, but it's more related to to your career in, in professional baseball, because I was I was on your uh, on your bio before we talked here. And I know that you have, have spoken at the winter meetings and at, at minor league baseball summits uh, about women in sports. I have had on this podcast, I had Emma Tiedemann from the Portland Sea Dogs. I had Emily Jansen from the Reno Aces. And so I feel I like, uh, absolutely, oh, it's just so much fun <laughs> to talk to, right? And, and, and so I feel like minor league baseball, and I, I think your perspective is more valuable than my perspective on this, but I feel like minor league baseball is starting to do well in that arena. I'm hoping that you agree, but I'm curious to, to get your take on it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's, why I'm here. Um, it's also a testament to the ownerships and leadership groups. I, I can tell you working for Alan and Brad has been one of the highlights of my career. And that's through my entire career, not just in baseball. Um, when you look at how they hire and who they hire in our organization, um, majority of the senior directors are women. Um, and I don't think that's because they're seeking out women on purpose. I think they're just looking for the most talented to fit a position. And sometimes that, whether it's a female or a male, um, but I, 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 I've worked in sports for 20 years now and I've been a part and I've seen the transition in, in every facet from when I worked in collegiate sports and you see the number of now female athletic directors and, and you look at how that's progressed. And then you look at minor league baseball and major league baseball, who you Florida Marlins hired the first general manager who's a female. Um, and you look at, you know, officiating and how that's changing and becoming more diverse. Um, I think it's a testament to the change and what's happening and the fact that more women are, are seeking these opportunities and have the ability to do it. And they're being hired for the, for the job that they can do. Um, and I'm completely honored. I say this all the time to work for who I work for, because I, a, I've learned so much under Alan and Brad, but not only that, they've given me opportunities to continue to grow professionally. And that is huge. It's, it's not about just being hired and then staying in a position. It's let's hire you, but we want you to grow. Um, and I think as more employers continue to do that, you're going to see more diverse in the workplace. Um, and it, especially when it comes to the sports industry. I'm very glad to hear that. And, and thank you for sharing that. I know that I sprung that question on you, but uh, oh, you no. know, it's, um, it is, it's some, I'm glad to hear that the sport that we love is doing well in that arena. So th Absolutely. thank you for sharing, for sharing that. Angela, what have we not talked about? Is there anything else that we haven't uh, touched on about this identity that, that listeners to the podcast should know? 
I think you covered more than I anticipated. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Which I hope is that's great. A- I love that. I love that because it's just it's hard work. We've we've worked so hard to maintain a brand standard, and you know we're we're we we always while people always say you know don't reinvent the wheel. We are always looking for ways to reinvent the wheel, and when it comes to creating a new brand, and when it comes to to coming up with the next new logo or the next alternate logo. And you look at the howling dog that we unveiled in 2019 and, and with his sombrero, which is, you know, typical of El Paso and, and that he's howling at the moon in the desert sky and, and being able to be creative and to reinvent the wheel is, is absolutely fun and amazing. And I, I couldn't have asked for a better job. And I, I, I'm super excited to be a part of this organization and, and to continue to, to, look for more ways that we can, you know, change our brand, but keep it the same as at the same time. Well, that's a perfect note to end on. So Angela, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for minor league baseball and minor league baseball fans. And thank you to the Chihuahuas for having such a fun brand. And thank you for agreeing to come on, on baseball by design. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back. I'm very happy to be joined again by Jason Klein from Brandios. Jason, thank you for coming back on to talk about yeah. the work that you do. This is this one is just one of my one of my favorites. Absolutely, oh, yeah. a, a classic. One of the defining logos of this sort of what I call the the wacky era of of minor league baseball logos. Um, I know that this one's a special one to you guys too, because yes. this is, you know, this is, you know, this is, it's so popular and, and there's such a story. So I'm just going to, I'm going to jump right in and hand it over to you. Can you tell the story of how you arrived at the idea for Chihuahuas for the nickname for a minor league baseball team? Yes. So um, before we get started, we always encourage clubs to do an A in the team contest. It gets the community involved. Um, and one of the things that we always ask in our contests is not just, what the name that the fans think would be a great team name, but why the story is representative of the community. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we have found that we'll see a team name and maybe the team name is like, "Mm, it's okay, but the story is amazing, right? It's really captivating. So, um, you know, as we're thinking about the brand, we're not just thinking about the logo, we're thinking about the entire experience that we're creating. So the story is really helpful and inspiring not just us, but the ownership and the staff to being like, is this a story that we can create an experience around? And um, so we, d- we started with an in a team contest. The next thing we do is we get on a plane, pack our bags, um, went to El Paso, uh, ate at a uh, great uh, local uh, you know, place in uh, they get great Mexican food in uh, El Paso. Um, but we went to, uh, you know, met with fans and season ticket holders. So, uh, and we, we, we met with fans at LNJ. We met with fans, um, you know, and, and focus groups. And one of the things that they kept on talking about was El Paso is a community that gets no respect from the rest of Texas. You know, they're, you know, Dallas wants to annex, uh, you know, El Paso. And as a result, it's a community that's feisty, it's fiercely loyal, it's an underdog community. Um, it really likes to celebrate and party. Right. And so uh, those were common themes that kept coming up about El Paso. And um, they're building a brand new ballpark. They had the El Paso Diablos, but baseball yeah. had left. And now yeah. it was finally returning. And there was a lot of excitement because the ballpark was going to be like a major league uh, ballpark. And, um, you know, we were going through, um, you know, team names and I, you know, and we were, we were, we were trying to come up with a short list um, because one of the things that's really important to us is uh, ultimately, you know, the ownership does decide on the team name, but we, we want to put a short list of ideas that we're considering things, you know, names that we're thinking about. We want to get the community to provide input. Uh, it's very important. And so we were trying to figure out, okay, what are these five names? And, um, and we were walking back, you know, from the meetings and we're in the parking lot. And Casey looks at me and goes like, what desert are we in? I was like, I don't know. Let's look it up. <laughs> and we're like, we're in the Chihuahuan desert. And we were like, ooh. And, um, and the Chihuahuas was one of, there was three people that submitted uh, the Chihuahua's name. Um, okay. And we thought, oh man, let's add this to the list. So, um, so anyways, yes. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was on the short list, ultimately became the name of the team. And one of the things that you know the conversation i remember it was nervous we were in with ownership and we're like oh what do we think we we're like 
Chihuahuas is really good, <laughs> right? We're yeah. in the Chihuahuan desert. Yeah. Um, one of the mandatories too is the name had to be bilingual. Mm. And um, one of the names, gosh, early in the process, because this idea of resiliency was so important to the community, the idea of never giving up no matter yeah. what is thrown at us. And we were Google, Googling like, um, okay, what are um, things or, you know, objects or animals or creatures that, you know, are sort of like, indestructible <laughs> and um and one of them was the cockroach like in a nuclear holocaust like the cockroach will like actually survive <laughs> and we were like oh the cucaracha um they're kind of like you know people would know in english they would know in spanish la cucaracha yeah. um i think there was a there might have been a drug issue a reference that was not appropriate and okay. so ultimately it was like all right we can't do that but um but we knew that like okay uh, this chihuahua is like an underdog and it's feisty or fiercely loyal and all these words. And so it really came about that, okay, we're going to go down this path. Um, and up in this point, you know, the, the sentiment is kind of the same. Like it was, we worked on the iron pigs. When we worked on the iron pigs, everybody's going to think about Porky Pig when we, when we announced the name. Right. And here it was like, at the time, everybody was convinced that people were going to think either Yokiro Taco Bell, the, the mascot mm -hmm. from the mm -hmm. Taco Bell mm -hmm. commercial, or Paris Hilton's purse dog, which at yep. the time was like a yep. reference point. For sure. And I said, zero people in a year from now will make that connection. This right. won't happen. It's right, right, not right. going to happen. They're not going right. to be like, oh, yeah, you like Paris Hilton's purse. It's not going to happen. Right, right, right. And so much of coming up with a team name and a brand is not the design part. The design part is actually really the easy part. It's you know, sure. the fun part. I mean, it's sure. all fun. But one of the biggest parts of coming up with a minor league baseball brand is this fear of embarrassment, mm. because as an as a um, as an owner or somebody who's building a brand, you have two things running through your head. Number one, don't embarrass us. Right. And number two is bring legitimacy to our community. And the idea is if. I come up with a name like the Chihuahuas. Well, geez, that is absolutely going to embarrass us. <laughs> and number two, it's going to not legitimize our community. Right. Um, and one of the things that's important to us, no matter what project we're working on, is that we are being authentic mm -hmm. because the community can, can tell when something is not authentic. Right. Um, there's a difference between, I don't like this idea. I think it's goofy. Um, I think it's wacky. And it's inauthentic. Right. Um, I we all can live with sort of the subjectivity of the design or the artwork, but it's the authentic stuff that if it's not authentic, nobody will embrace it in the community. Right. Um, so we thought, okay, all right, we we really got to embrace it where it's authentic, you know, from a Chihuahua standpoint. And everybody thought we were going down this path of Chihuahuas being Paris Hilton's purse dog and and Taco Bell. Right. And so we decided, no, 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 we're gonna go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. We are going to create the like at the time the oakland raiders the las vegas raiders <laughs> of minor league baseball yeah right? yeah and it was like no no this is a dog that is taking a few licks right people yeah. say that el paso gets no respect right, right. it gets crapped right. on by the rest of texas yeah like we're gonna show that right we're gonna show yeah. that it's the oakland like it this dog does not give up well, all. and you're you're getting into something that I was going to ask you about specifically here, which is what the detail that I love on this logo the most. And and I actually I mentioned it when I spoke with Angela before you and I spoke here. Yeah. But the, the the tears, I mean, it's not just the expression on his face. He's got a grimace and he's got like the, the sort of bloodshot eyes almost. But the the little the little tears in his right ear. Paul. Right. This was a huge contention point. Oh, I love this. Awesome. This was a huge contention point in the process because if you listen, if you're an owner and you just bought a very expensive minor league baseball franchise, yeah. you are thinking, I want the best hood ornament to be the representative of this thing that we're moving into yeah. the city, right? Yeah. You want it to be a polished, beautiful hood ornament. And Casey and I said, but here's the thing. If we're going to be authentic, we have to acknowledge that this community has taken a lick and keeps coming back. Yeah. So we, and we felt like strongly, we were like, we want to put a scar through it. We want to put, we, we want to show battle damage mm -hmm, basically because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we want to show battle damage.
because the idea is, you know, the red in the eyes, uh, the idea is that this dog has been through it and you cannot stop this dog. <laughs> like you cannot, it is relentless. Yeah. Right. It yeah. is relentless. Yeah. And, and this is the story, not of El Paso. It's the story of these minor league players working their way up to the big leagues. Mm. It is the story of America, which is ordinary people like us rising up and accomplishing great things. Yeah. Um, but it's a story about tenacity and uh, overcoming adversity against all odds. And so what I love about the Chihuahua's dog is we wanted to create something where it looked like this dog will not give up. The, yeah. the collar is too big. It's got spikes on it. It is, <laughs> you know, it would not move with that collar being that huge. Right. But it's like, right. no matter what this little dog, which everybody assumes is a yip yip dog yeah. is coming at you. It will not give up. Yeah. And early um, versions of it, there was a, there was a version like the Raiders that had an eye patch on it. Mm -hmm. There was mm -hmm. a version of, you know, with and without earmarks, how many, we, we literally talked at like for a week about how many scars do we want to show? Do we want to have one scar? Do we want to have no scars? Um, ultimately we came uh, down and said, all right, let's do one scar. Um, what is the least amount of detail that is required to get the story across? So that's right. one of the things we're always thinking uh, in design too is, we only have 80 millimeters of real estate on a right. baseball hat. Right. And you have to tell a story in 80 millimeters. Um, and you have to figure out what is the, what is, how do you make it a quick read? So real quick, people know exactly what this is. Right. And right. hide things that don't need to be hidden or that don't need to be seen, you know, move arms around in a way that they, you know, they're not important. They don't communicate. We need, you know, that this is the sort of the art of it. Um, yeah. And we uh, we're thinking to our, so from a, from a design standpoint, we thought, okay, do we do the, do we show the whole body? Do we show just the head? And what we realized was to realize it was a Chihuahua. You didn't need to see the back. You just needed to see the head. Mm. So um, there was, and again, this was an A and B thing. Are we going to go full body? Or are we going to go, uh, you know, just the head? Yeah. And we decided we can get more in that 80 millimeters by just focusing on the head yeah. to be able to tell a story um, and we did one scar bite taken out of the ear yeah. and then, um, it was, and then it was the collar one. too, collars there with it too. Collars and there. I, I'll have to remember to post this on, on Instagram and, and, uh, Twitter when, when this are, when this episode goes up, but the, the sketches, the round one concept sketches that you all yeah. have posted yeah. on your website, they show a lot of different ideas about how this Chihuahua might've been treated. And I see the eye patch and I see there's one here who looks like almost sort of rabid, right? Like, and there's another one with like yeah. the chains around his neck. And, and so, you know, I, I see some, the ideas that you guys were exploring the, you know, one of the other logos has the crossed uh, sort of dog bones and those dog bones are pretty beat up and there's a baseball over it and the baseball has some tears in it. So yeah. you guys yeah, were so using that, that, that motif. That battle wounds. Yeah. And I yeah. think we used, um, we used tequila lettering. Um, nice. We looked at a lot of tequila bottles for the lettering style. Nice. Um, we wanted it to feel a little rough, a little un unfinished, um, to look like a, a you know, a tequila lettering was the inspiration for that. Um, you know, we, one of the things that kept on coming up was what if somebody doesn't want to wear a dog? Yeah. Um, yeah. What if they don't want to wear this dog on their, on their hat or their polo shirt? Yeah. And so Those people are wrong. They are right. wrong to not want to wear Which a dog. Is funny because <laughs> that is over the years. That's always the comment was like, "Oh, what if somebody, um, you know, is going to embarrass?" And they're like, "I don't want to wear. I don't want to yeah. wear the dog on it." Yeah. So we did the EP. Um, with a mountain star, which is a famous um, star that lights up at night on yeah. um, the mountain. We also okay. had the skull um, and crossbones concept with the baseball and the bones because yeah. it was like, "What if you didn't want to wear the dog?" Yeah. Now, without fail. Every time we have this conversation, no matter what the club <laughs> is, it's like, well, what if somebody doesn't want to wear that main thing that we are right. putting all of our energy into? And, and you know what? The letters do not sell. They just mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know that it's traditional. It works in Major League Baseball, but in Minor League Baseball, the letters don't sell. Yeah. And I think it's because when you put on that cap, you can adopt the identity of the spirit of that chihuahua. Mm -hmm. But if you are from, you know, Spokane and you're wearing an EP hat, it's like, you can't. Yeah, what does it mean? Yeah, what does yeah. it mean? 
yeah. yeah. Uh, so speaking of, I'm I'm wearing my sweat stained Chihuahuas hat right now while we're talking here. So yeah. It's, uh, um, I you know so I want to be respectful of your time here, but I I do have two uh, specific things I wanted to ask about with this brand. You and I have talked uh, in the past about the your sort of homage that you do to the swinging friar, right? Yeah. Brandios suite of logos often have uh, a, a character swinging a thing. In in this instance, you have this Chihuahua character, and he's swinging a bone, and he's all you know he's pretty twisted up in this swing, right? Like I think uh, a baseball coach might look at this swing and be concerned about his uh, his his stance. Um, but can you can you talk about the this Chihuahua who's like swinging this bone that's way too big for him, right? Like he obviously picked right. the wrong one out of the out of the thing, but he's he's taking this mighty cut at uh, at at a at a pitch. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I should start back. You know, uh, the swinging character is not, um, you know, it's it's not just a Padres thing. Uh, if you look mm-hmm. back historically. There was a time when the Indians uh, had a swinging character. There's a time when the Red Sox had a swinging character. The swinging character um, is not just a, a modern thing. It's been, it's, gosh, maybe like 100 years old. It's been yeah. around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the attention obviously goes to the swinging friar, but there are, um, you know, it's, it's not just a, uh, a swinging um, character that is exclusive to the Padres. Sure, um, sure. One of the things that we love about characters in general is that, you know, they, they have been over uh, the history of, of baseball, specifically in Major League Baseball, they've appeared um, definitely during the mid-century advertising, Tony the Tiger, Snap, Crackle, Pop, um, you know, product advertising era of the 50s and 60s we start seeing a lot more uh, of those characters popping up. And today we have Mr. Redlegs, we have Mr. Met, we've got the Swinging Friar. Um, so the idea of characters appearing on uh, uniforms as sleeve patches, is part of the heritage of, of baseball. It's, it's not something that, you know, um, it's something that we think works great in minor league baseball, so we embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as San Diegans, we, I mean, Swinging Friar is like, you know, it's so good. <laughs> For so many reasons, it's so good, right? Well, I, you know, and I'm yeah. from Philadelphia, and he's the iconic one in my mind, too. So that's where my mind yeah. went to, like, that's the, the, he's the iconic character swinging a bat. Yes. And so, um, you know, when we have the opportunity to work on, on Padre affiliates, uh, whether it's Eugene when they were a Padres affiliate, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's um, Tri-Cities when they were a Padres affiliate, whether it's the, you know, the Chihuahuas, we always look for an opportunity to get in a, um, yeah, the swinging friar homage, if you will. <laughs> well, I like this guy. I like that the bat's a little too big for him. You know, he's, he's, uh, but he's still swinging it anyway. He's got a, yes. uh, you know, he's got a pretty good, uh, upward momentum there. He's, he's, that's an all or nothing swing right now. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you about on this brand and something else that, that we've talked about. I mean, we talk, we talk about uh, what did you call it? The J curve. Uh, the J curve, yeah. The J curve, and I I understand that the J curve of you know an initial sort of negative reaction followed by embracing of a logo was was as steep with this team as as with any. Yes, yes, um, and the way the thing there's a couple of factors that are happening whenever you launch a brand. Um, the J curve is definitely something that it's not something we made up. It is, you know, you can, you can Google J curve, which is you announce something um, and it's sort of passion over time, if you will. So you announce something immediately, it goes to, I hate this. And then um, you cross the chasm of, I hate this to neutrality. And then uh, over time, people love it. Right. Um, El Paso had more backlash than we've ever experienced before. People said, I cannot believe this is awful. I can't believe that you're doing this. Um, now, the reason this happens is uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one is if you're not familiar with the product of minor league baseball and you expect major league baseball uh, and you come in, you're expecting a teeth and nails type of, you know, the sort of, or something what we call, I don't know, people call it classic, classic MLB, like I want something classic, right? Which right. we can get into debate about that. Um, but chihuahuas does not resonate with what i expect Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's like i hate this yeah or um maybe uh you know uh i think it's in in, you know it's an embarrassment right we're a chihuahua like a yip yip dog i hate this right Um, right the other thing too is that whenever you change it there's a pre-existing um team that exists in that community 
imagine having a box that has a logo on that box. And maybe it was the El Paso Diablos, maybe it was the Huntsville Stars. Um, even if you're just changing the logos, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you have mm -hmm. this box and over time you're putting emotions in that box. Maybe you took your daughter to her first baseball game. Mm -hmm. Maybe you took um, your son and they, they won the championship or you remember that fly ball that you caught or that food item, or you had a, this really emotional moment and you put your emotions in this box. And then all of a sudden, without your consent, somebody <laughs> comes along, usually an owner, and says, well, I want to dump out all your emotions out of this box, throw it away, and I want you to put them in this new box. Right. And right. as a fan, you're like, no, yeah. no, yeah. this is awful. And any sports fan who's had their team change marks, initially you're like, no, I hate this, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes if the story is told well, um, you know, if they've done a great job of communicating intention, maybe they've brought you along on the process, um, it's not as rough, or maybe you like it. You know, it's all, I mean, design is subjective. But if you've ever felt like you hated it, and then it's sort of, you know, you're experiencing that J-curve. Um, the other thing too is that uh, people go through change and they experience grief um, in the same way that you know, grief is experienced. So for example, um, you know, whenever something is launched, we're going to hear the first thing, which is um, you got to be joking. This is a joke, right? Is it right. April Fool's? This is yeah. a joke, which yeah. is the denial part of the process. <laughs> yeah. Then you get into the, um, uh, this is awful. I hate this. This is the stupidest thing ever, you know? If we haven't gotten an email with four letter words in the <laughs> subject line, I know we haven't really done our job. Yeah. Um, you, you're ruining baseball. We've heard it all. I mean, yeah. everybody's like, I don't know if Brandy owes, you know, we, we hear it all. Yeah. We, we hear your comments. We know what it means. <laughs> um, and then, you know, that's the anger part of grief. Sure. And sure. then there is the sort of the, the sort of, uh, hey, owner, listen. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I think if you just went back to the drawing board and just, yeah apologize said hey you know what we made a mistake right we went back and referred and this is the bargaining phrase yeah. of grief so um it's expected it's human nature we don't yeah. as humans generally just don't like change we don't yeah. yeah i mean we can say there are things that we do like or sometimes we think that's change for the better right which is uh, happens all the time yeah but generally we don't like change and if we're comfortable and have an emotional attachment to our teams and their marks it, we don't like change. Um, and El Paso um, wound up selling more merchandise in a single year of their launch than any minor league baseball team in history. So um, when, you know, people say this stuff, I go, the data just doesn't support it. Right. Um, the, right. I, I wish it did. The data doesn't support it. Yeah. And um, we talked earlier about this idea of an owner focusing on whether you are, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed and I want you to legitimize my team. Right. And Casey was at a, um, uh, a chamber of commerce event with El Pasoans and a woman came up in tears and said, thank you. Oh thank gosh. you so much for bringing dignity and bringing something for our community to be proud of because my son went to college at university of Texas and he wore his Chihuahua hat with pride. And all of his new friends at UT came up and, you know, they're just meeting for the first time. They're like, hey, Chihuahuas, I love the Chihuahuas. Awesome. And that kid had so much pride and wanted to come back after college. You know, he was convinced, like, I'm never coming back to El Paso. He wanted to come back to El Paso and be a part because, because now that community had dignity and was respected. And if you are that kid or you are that community member or you're a fan or that owner, let me tell you what, the Chihuahuas absolutely legitimized you because yeah. everyone around America is wearing your merchandise yeah. and you are legitimized. Yeah. And you know what? When someone goes, oh my gosh, the Chihuahuas, I love the Chihuahuas. Are you embarrassed? Not at all. You are the opposite. You are the opposite. Of, you are absolutely like thrilled. You're not embarrassed and you feel completely leg legitimized. And to this day, that momentum just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so when we build a brand, yes, we know that there is fear. I mean, fear is the number one uh, killer of any uh, success. It is, mm. it's the yeah. absolute killer of success. Yeah. And if you have that passion to know 
that um, I can overcome this. We're going to create something that people are going to be proud of that is authentic, um, that celebrates who we are. It's going to have a scar because we've taken a few licks. We're feisty. We're fiercely loyal. We're an underdog. You will, uh, you will set the merchandise record for all uh, minor league teams. And, and, and somebody always asks me like, well, you're only in this for the money. You know, they tell, sell the owner, you're only in this for the money or it's all about the money. And I say, money is important, but you cannot run a team off of merchandise. But let me right. say this. If you get a ticket to a baseball game and you go to a game, right? Maybe it was a group order or friends going, you cannot have a good time and still buy a ticket, right? right. You can be like, eh, wasn't for me, right? right? Or I came to support whatever. It's not my scene, right? Yeah. So attendance to me is not a great measure of success. Yeah. But if you are willing to spend money to buy a product which you are going to wear as a walking billboard for an entity, the sports team, right? If you're going to spend your own money to walk around and advertise to a, for a, a team, that is a commitment that, that ticket sales just does not have. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That, that is a commitment that you are making. And when you are a team that sells a lot of merchandise, you have said, there is a great portion of America or, uh, or worldwide of people who say, I will walk around my community to wear this hat and support what you're doing. Maybe I'm not a, you know, maybe I'm not there in the community to watch the games. Right. I support what you're doing. Right. And, um, and that's why merchandise sales is such a great um, uh, measuring stick yeah. for for success. Well, and I'm sitting here as a person wearing the Chihuahuas cap and I've never been to a Chihuahuas game. I want to get go, to one. Right? So. And so, so I'm curious when, when someone sees that you wearing that hat and doesn't know what the hat is, what sort of conversation ensues? Usually it's a conversation about dogs. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, I mean, people who have Chihuahuas, ask me about this cap and they, I mean, people who aren't familiar with minor league baseball, will see it. You know, they like the character and they like these a little beat up. And so all the things we've talked about without understanding that he's even from a baseball team, which is something minor league teams, you know, are doing so well right now. So Jason, I've, once again, I've taken up more time than I meant to. Oh, this was so fun. Thank you so much. Brandios.com is the website at Brandios with a B on all the socials. That's where you can find, uh, Jason and Casey and Brandios and the work that they do. Thanks for coming on and talking about the Chihuahuas. Anytime. I love this. <laughs>